Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Long Box Podcast, <laughs> hosted my, by Rogue Media and Plus Comics. Go, Joey. Go. Let's go. Let's go, bro. Let's all, all, go. All right. I'm good. That's a hype man. All right. Yeah, here we go. Hype, dude. All right. Three, two. We've already done that. We're on to the next thing. Mondo, hit us. <laughs> hit us, Mondo. Go I'm your worst nightmare, pal. A manga nut with a power ring. Hey. hey. <laughs> I wanted to see if Joey would notice that from like. Five minutes Five earlier. minutes ago when he yeah. sent it. Yeah. it. Well, I mean, I just forgot the opening line that yeah. we've done for a year now. So, <laughs> True. It, True. I mean, yeah, you know. Well, what's up, guys? Welcome to the Lime Box Podcast. I'm glad you guys are here. Uh, today's episode, we're going to be doing uh, a deep dive, kind of. No. no. We're just We're just, just going to talk about it. We're just going to talk about it because you oh. didn't read it. You've never read it. This is your first time going through it. Yeah. And I've been... I know I've been telling Mondo and I've been telling you mm. how great this run yeah. was. It is. Yeah. And, and I didn't I didn't really even read it fully when it came out. I just I like what I read. Oh, yeah. So I'm, I want to see where like, you know, how this discussion goes, too. So for sure. Uh, for those uh, that are just hopping in, uh, we have uh, we're going to be re- reading or talking, discussing uh, Grant Morrison's JLA issues mm-hmm. one through four or the first volume of it. The first volume of Grant Morrison's JLA run. I, mm-hmm. I don't know what year that came out. Ninety seven. Ninety seven. Awesome, so nineties babies. Oh, yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. Before we get in there, let's uh, let's uh, jump into uh, our greetings and some uh, our sponsors that we have. Uh, we need to get some sponsors out of the way. Uh, we have uh, DeLaNina.co, where passion for Hispanic culture and artwork come together in beautiful custom uh, handmade clay jewelry. Uh, perfect accessories for any occasion or holiday. You can find the shop on DeLaNina.co on Instagram. We also have the LaSalle Shops, located in a building that holds a deep historic roots here in Waco. The LaSalle Shops is a locally owned and operated boutique and thrift store that is the home of over 200 vendors, providing the shops a vast library of collectibles, furniture, home goods, books, and more. And then our last one we have is Skate Waco, proudly part of the Waco sports and entertainment community for over 30 years with two facilities in town offering public roller skating sessions, birthday parties, weddings, lessons, and more. Uh, find them at skatewaco.com or visit both Skate Country in Bellmead or Skate World in Waco. Thank you all for listening to our ads from our sponsors. Uh, of course, thank you for listening to the show. Uh, let's get back to it. Damn it. All right, Danny. Two I'm things. In. Two things real fast on the sponsors. The De La Nina stuff, beautiful work. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, beautiful work. Like, if you really appreciate Hispanic culture and jewelry, go get you some of that stuff. Um, then the LaSalle Shops, great place to go. Even if you're just looking around because you never know what you're going to find. 
something will catch your eye and you will put money on it. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. All right. Nice. Let's jump into some news, y'all. Yes. What you got? All right. Uh, let's see what I got for this one. Oh, this is my, my good news. Uh, so, uh, Marvel announced uh, that the MangaVerse is returning to Marvel Comics. Uh, mm. So, there are three new titles, but uh, there are, these titles were previously released. One title was from 2019, one was from 2003, and then the third one is an art book, and I'm not too sure on the year of that one. But they're releasing in the U.S. for the first mm. time. One is a Wolverine uh, manga called Snicked. And then there's oh. another one that I'm excited that's about. That's good. That's a good one. Uh, I have. That's a manga. Yeah, I guess it is. I have that. And there's that another one called uh, Spider-Man Fake Red, and that's the one that oh, I'm excited about. That's the one you're about. excited oh, about. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because you like Spider-Man. Why? Uh, well, okay, uh, Kick-Ass is one of my favorite uh, comics and movies, and I just love the idea of uh, just the normal guy putting on the costume and then going out doing superhero shit, knowing everybody knows in the real world. He would be dead on the first day, like you said. Even in the Marvel Universe, put just putting on the spider, the spider suit doesn't give you powers. If he were to find Iron Man's suit, that's a whole different story. Yeah. yeah. But doing mm-hmm. the spider, because you have to remember, Peter's physiology has been completely rearranged. Yeah. How do you think he's able to swing through the bil- through the city? How do you think he's able to climb at such heights, mm-hmm. you know, without disorienting himself? This guy is going to get on a ledge and immediately uh, yeah. suffer from yes. vertigo. Like in the first couple chapters, he has to go through like this like firefighting phase where he like because he puts on the costume and he feels the responsibility of being a hero because Spider Man is absent, and so he's like this uber nerd that just like I, manga comics are goofy, manga is even goofier. He's like I'm going to be a hero, and he like tries it out, and then. Uh, he has to go out and like rescue this kid from this fire, but he's just like scaling it as a regular guy, and it, it's uh, he's terrified. So the kid burns. No, because he, he takes too long. He saves the kid. He saves the kid barely, but he saves the kid. Uh, and then Peter Parker comes on into it. But anyway, it, it got canceled because because uh, it was bad. It was bad. Well, <laughs> it was any, a bad premise. Well, I mean, anytime that uh, American comics are kind of uh, adapted into a manga setting yeah. for the the yeah. Eastern audience, it just is never received well. And then this one specifically, it was only released in Japan, only on a na- a, a, a manga app called Pocket Manga, and mm. so that was it. So it was like an exclusive to that one to try to get uh, you know an audience towards that app that app uh, to read manga on and. Just didn't hit, um, mm. but it's going to be coming out. Uh, I wonder why. Yeah. I wonder why. So for those of y'all listening, if you're a fan of Kick Ass, if you're a fan of um, literally nobody, <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> no, it's it's good. What's the matter with that one? Uh, but uh, anyway, if you're a fan of uh, stories like uh, with the underdog character where he's like he doesn't need to be there, you would love Spider Man. That's a character. and that's and that's another problem. Spider-Man is already the underdog. Yeah. In every scenario, in every story he faces, he's already the underdog. Why are you doubling down on that trope? Yeah, it's just a new character in a new setting to try to put Who in a new Who should die? <laughs> I think he does. Good. I, I don't know. <laughs> Good. We'll find out. So, uh, <laughs> But yeah, uh, I also wanted to mention that uh, on here, uh, Marvel is like getting a real heavy shout out to the Japanese artist. Uh, so I'm gonna, might, I might butcher some names, but... Uh, uh, Tutsomu Nihei, uh, Yusuke Osawa, Yahiro Naitao, Akiramano. Usuke. Usuke. I'm just kidding. Uh, dude, I don't know. I'd be wrong. <laughs> uh, but I, I thought that it would be hilarious if they added Akira Yoshida, which they did not. If if they're adding artists, why would they add Akira Yoshida? Creators. Who's, creators. Oh. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought that that's, that was funny. Why, and, and, 
Explain that one. Because why That's, would it be hilarious if they're in charge of it I, now? I, He's, he'd be sabotaging it, himself. Yeah. And especially the apologies and all the bridges that he's tried to rebuild going forward from that whole incident. Yeah. Like in, in 10 seconds, the editor-in-chief of Marvel Comics uh, masqueraded, I guess, or as a Japanese artist illustrate you know as a japanese writer yeah whenever marvel mm-hmm. was seeking uh to spotlight japanese creators yeah and he exploited that use the pseudonym akira yoshida wow yeah, yeah. so we'll, we'll get back to that it's a whole damn well thing. we talked about that didn't we yeah we we touched I'm on sure it we have. Yeah, i think we touched, touched yeah. on that it's like nemesis. one of the beginning ones <sighs> anyway Little, uh, little known fact, Joey's last name is not actually Gonzalez. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. You're white. You tell me. <laughs> but no, I also wanted to mention uh, they, they're calling this the Marvel Mangaverse. But I, Marvel it did, Mangaverse. But it did ha- I do have to note this. The Marvel Mangaverse was an actual thing that started in 2000. It was created by Ben Dunn. And uh, he's, even though he's not a Japanese creator, he's a Taiwanese-American creator. But he is the yeah. first person uh, that Marvel went to to create. I remember seeing those. Yeah, yeah so. I remember those. those yeah, I just, some of those were fun. Yeah, I just, but it's like uh, every universe, every every verse style comic. You have some good ones and you have some bad ones. Yeah. So, I mean, hey, moving on, y'all. What you guys got for news, Mondo? What you got? And so mine's kind of more of like a news and what I've been reading because I wanted to announce this. Um, it's fairly still new though. But Ooh, what you got? Scott Snyder and Dan uh, Panosian. 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 Ah, Panosian. I never cool know how to man. say names. They, uh, man, they have been teasing this book, uh, called Canary and it's a Western, um, a Western book. And I like Western. Yeah. I like Dan's work a lot. And Scott Snyder is a good writer. So it finally dropped. It's a comicology original. So check it out. And, uh, it's a little twist. It's more of like, um, at first it kind of turned me off. The art's really good, but it kind of turned me off because it was, um, it kind of is leaning towards like being a horror Kind of, but, is it like a sci-fi? But Western, it's not necessarily Western? a sci-fi or Western. I think that it has to do with some type of like religion, like that's. So it's not necessarily like all the creepy stuff is coming from like a religious kind of. Is it like a cult leader vibe? Yeah, kind of like oh, a okay. cult leader vibe. So cool. it's pretty. It's pretty good. Um, I'm still kind of on the fence about it, but I think you guys should check it out because I've been. I I love westerns. I grew up reading western comics and watching, um, you know, western shows, and I love Dan's work. So it just looked really good, and I the. It's just, a, it looks so good now. So check it out. That's the news that dropped, new book that dropped. So Awesome. Cool. Danny, what you got? And it's time for me to bring the room down. Here oh, we go. Yeah. Oh, oh, over the weekend, mm. phenomenal uh, genius artist, uh, Kim Jong-ji, passed away. Uh, he was a superior talent, like just off the cuff. Go Google Kim Jong-ji, J-U-N-G-G-I. And just marvel at his work. He would just find a board, find a find a wall, find paper, and just immediately start sketching. No rulers, no no uh, structural work, and he just go, just go. And yeah. he was revered in the comics industry. He was revered as an artist, and yeah, just, and anywhere. Art, just anywhere he went. Um, he has a couple Guinness World Records too. Yeah, yeah. master dude. Just yeah. I think certain, just certain, a straight master. Yeah, yeah. I mean. And he was only 47. That's And I think it had something to do with his heart. He, yeah. was, he, had, he had been heart suffering. Attack. Yeah, he had been suffering from stuff like that for a while now. Yeah. Uh, he just succumbed to it. And it, it's sad, you know, so young, such a talented person. Uh, so, I mean, you know, RIP, 
Kim Jung Ji. Uh, he was supposed to be at the New York Comic Con, and instead they uh, filled his table with flowers and and personal notes and well wishes mm-hmm. to the family and everything. Yeah, so, you know that's a show of great respect mm-hmm. for a tremendous artist. Mm-hmm. So. Let's talk about the uh, fun stuff. I guess I don't know how to follow up with that. Man. <laughs> well, I mean that's well, it. Actually, I, I do know how to follow up. Uh, so it's break time. We do yeah. three pieces <laughs> yeah. of news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll do that. Uh, well, let's go to break, guys. Moment of silence. Nine one one. What's your emergency? Do you hear that? It's coming from the house. It's coming from inside the house. Uh, do you mean? Could it be? The Bolter House. New from Rogue Media. Two haunted hotties talking about haunted places. Every episode, we dive deep into the darkest places and give you a bit of history. We're getting spooky in all the right places. You've gobbled your last ghoul. Follow along for the craziest and spookiest stories with Debbie's Dark Tourism. The Stanley Hotel, Winchester House, The Alamo, Hotel Monte Vista, and more spooky places. Find us at the underscore Poltergals. P-O-L-T-E-R-G-A-L-S. Look over your shoulder. It's us, the Poltergals. Wherever you consume the podcast, you can find us there. Hi, this is Sarah. And I'm Carter. And this is Some of Our Thoughts. We're two Southern sommeliers, and we want to share everything we love and know about wine. We started hanging out during quarantine and cooking and drinking and listening to music, and we just thought this would be a great way to bring everything we know to you guys. We will make wine knowledge and food pairings easy and approachable. So put on your favorite vinyl, grab your favorite glass of wine, tune into our show, and let's have some fun. <laughs> so check us out on RogueMediaNetwork.com or wherever you get your favorite podcast. We'll be talking about a lot. <laughs> Welcome back, guys. Uh, before we get back into the episode, uh, Dia de los Muertos is coming up. So if you guys need any kind of uh, authentic Hispanic clay jewelry, uh, make sure you go to DeLaNina.co over on Instagram and get your shopping on. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So what are we talking about today, Joey? Uh, today, epi- today's episode is all about Grant Morrison's Justice League of America issues number one through four or the, the first, first volume. volume. That's are right. those guys big in comics, Justice League? I don't know. I don't know. Are they? I don't know. Maybe. I've, they have I've a couple heard movies. of them. Yeah. I've heard of them maybe in passing. Okay. I think okay. I got an ash can or something. <laughs> yeah. You know. Cool, uh, cool. No, this story was one that you guys had recommended to me to read for a long time. Well, we've been recommending the whole series. Yeah, this whole that whole hundred something, hundred twenty six episodes, hundred twenty six issues. issues. Yeah, uh, and uh, it was pretty cool, man. The first few four issues uh, kind of detail uh, a rival Justice League kind of arriving on Earth, mm-hmm. and I, I kind of skimmed through it. You guys are gonna know more of the details, but I, I tried to hurry it up and read it. Uh, but there's a couple of the characters. You've had two weeks. I have, but I was also in Colorado on vacation. That means nothing. nothing. I know it. That means, means absolutely nothing. Oh, fuck. 
Yeah. You would make a great teacher, Danny. I would make a you great make fucking a fuck. teacher. <laughs> like lean on me all over again. Where's your goddamn schoolwork? <laughs> Except for there's no positive in there, Yeah, there's dude. never a positive. <laughs> there's never like, a positive. The end of the movie. Sorry, bud. See you next year. <laughs> So anyway, we have uh, the Hyper Clan. The Hyper Clan. The Hyper Clan yeah. shows up to rival the Justice League. And they're they're just a random group of superheroes. The Earth has never seen anything mm-hmm. like this before. They it looks like they have individual powers, like one's super fast, one is super strong with mm-hmm. some kind of heat vision almost. Like uh, a robot big dude. A robot big dude. A couple of them can fly. There's one that's kind of brooding with a skull face. <laughs> Yeah, so, and, they're, and they're all look like from they're from space. They're kind of like shiny and you know metallic. I, I don't know if that's a a space thing or if yeah. that's just how Howard Porter drew things drew at them. the time. Oh, that's because true. if you look at his artwork, like even his Flash costume currently, uh, what do he do? JLA three thousand, uh-huh. where they were clones of the Justice League. Oh, and even yeah. his run on the Flash most like recently. Yeah, he uh, his suits are very very shiny. Like I think hmm. he has one. One material in his head when he uses when he draws superheroes, and to him they all look like uh, the Flash from the nineties. Yeah, you know the the John Wesley ship. Yeah, like, oh, it's super shiny, super. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of the artwork, yeah, I can see that now that you mentioned it. Some sure. of the artwork in it was a little bit funny to me, like the way he drew Batman, uh, like at the end of the first issue, mm-hmm. uh, whenever he's like uh, he's like I've been here for an hour. And uh, he like pops out and he's talking to them, but he's talking to them with his hands pointed out and he has like the claws. Oh, the claw. Yeah. yeah. And then he like in the next panel, he's like turned over on his computer typing away. I just think that shit sounded silly. And then he's like, this is war. And it's just it's funny. Yeah. as hell. Uh, but uh, it's like I uh, I noticed that you know, a lot of the the heroes of the hyper heroes of the hyper clan were analogs of the Justice League. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was curious to know, like. Uh, along the lines of evil Justice Leagues, uh, were these guys fairly new, or like were they? Uh, uh, I don't put this like a. Uh, were they a new thing in the comics whenever they came out? I'm pretty sure I just said that they had just arrived on Earth. The do you mean like the concept of Con- being yeah, the an con- concept? The, yes, yeah, no, the, the, no, because okay. you had no, the Legion of you, Doom, which was like you had the Legion of Doom, you had the Secret Society of yeah. Supervillains, you yeah. had the Injustice Gang, you had. The Squadron Supreme in the Marvel Universe, which yeah. came out in the 60s, mm-hmm. 70s, they were direct analogs of the Justice League. Mm-hmm. Then you had Earth 3. Earth 3 with Ultraman and Owlman and Superwoman. The, oh, the crime syndicate. The crime syndicate, okay. exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, the notion of an opposite Justice League was not a new thing. Okay. It's never been a new thing. Okay. Yeah. Well, it was really cool. What I, what I, one of the things that I enjoyed about the first few issues was that uh, the the newness of Wally West as a Flash, and then the newness of Kyle Rayner as Green Lantern. So, I, if if we have any reader or you know, listeners here, uh, the Green Lantern and the Flash have a long history of having a, a friendship, and I didn't know that Wally West and Kyle Rayner were headbutting. And they're beginning because they were, yeah, they were both yeah. the new, new guy. guys. I didn't know and they that. wanted to establish themselves as the new guy, yeah. as as being reliable, as being dependable, as worthy of wearing their colors, yeah. to per, uh, mm-hmm. so to say. Yeah, I'm having a lot of fun reading their interactions. They're so petty. With I each told other. you, I told you, you would love this run. And I do. Yeah, and I do. Hell yeah. What are you guys' thoughts on it? Like, what do you guys? Uh, what were some things that stood out for you whenever you first read it? Uh, just the imagery. Like the the new Flash, I love I like Wally West Flash, 
And then I, Green Lantern, Kyle's also my favorite Green Lantern. So that really, like, he looked cool because he had, like, the armored, like, you know. Armored gauntlets. Yeah, armored the gauntlets shin, and stuff. Shin guards. Um, and then, you know, the fact that he was already, like, established as, like, an artist, too. Yeah. Like, oh, that's so cool, you know. So that was very cool to me. The fact that, they, yeah, like, at, up to that point, every Green Lantern had had some kind of their own design on the uniform and Kyle's was very, very distinct design wise, like graphically as opposed to just, Oh, let's give him a vest or, Oh, let's, you know, modify his uniform instead of now, instead of a unitard. Now it's a crop top yeah, or whatever, or let's just give him green shoulders. a la John Stewart, you know, Mm -hmm. um, they, Every Green Lantern had seemed to be uniform with what Hal Jordan was wearing, except for like uh, uh, John Stewart and uh, Warrior Guy Gardner. Mm-hmm. Wasn't that a thing? We might be slightly off topic. Wasn't that a thing with the Green Lanterns though? Like the only the Earth Green Lanterns had the variant suits. Everyone else had the uniform Green Lantern look. I think that's because um, they couldn't. They didn't like they wanted to differentiate the Earth Green Lanterns because there's so many Green Lanterns on Earth now. Yeah. There's like six of them now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas each sector in space had just one. So you could literally have them like the police or firefighters or something and wearing the same uniform. And because they're alien, one does not look like the other. Does that make sense? Yeah. So to them, all humans look alike. Racist. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> literal literal racists. <laughs> so jumping back to the uh jump the, back to the Justice yeah, League. Justice League. Uh so were there any members of the Hyper Clan that stood out to you visually that having the really cool designs? I think they all did. Yeah. yeah. Really? They were all like were the, cool. Yeah. The first time you see them you're like, "Wow, what is this? What's There's like a Golden God style one." Yeah, he looked like a Adam Warlock. Oh, his uh, his name is uh Warlock. Proteus. What was his name? I guess. It's you know what, Joey? I don't remember. I told you to read it. I told you to read it. I haven't read the damn thing in 20 years. You yeah. can still remember it this well. I still remember God. it at least as well. Damn. I don't I may not remember all the names, but I remember yeah. it enough. It it imprinted in me. Mm-hmm. That story, that story that run. Oh, so good. Yeah. So. So how do you think uh, cuz I haven't finished out in reading the rest of Grant Morrison's run. So well, how do, I mean, I would read it in sections. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think that like the next two or three does Rock of Ages start the next episode? I think next it's issue. the third one. Is it the third? No, it's Cuz there's a there's a the one with the one, key. Two. It's I think it's 7 and 8 or 8 and 9. Yeah, stop before. But Rock of Ages is like a, the next one, and you have like Tower of Babel. Oh, that's that. right. It is Rock of Ages. Rock seven. of Ages. Is that someone with Shazam? No. No. That's with, that's with the Justice League, the Injustice League, led by Lex Luthor, and the Fourth World. Damn. New Gods. Dark Side. Dark Side. This Volume 2 episode is going to be lit. Uh, but anyway, getting back to the to the JLA, how do you think that uh, Grant Morrison did handling uh, the Justice League with uh, the way he, that he handled it? Like, w- has he handled beforehand? Was he in charge of a superhero team, or was he just doing solo books? He had done Doom Patrol before, okay, and he had written a lot of like Transmetropolitan during that time, um, and this was before this- he had. Moved on to X-Men. Right. Or new X-Men. Yeah, X-Men was later. Yeah. So, I mean, I think he handled it very well. I think he managed to juggle and 
personify each character individually so you didn't have copies or duplicates. Uh, it's it's the same way I try to get you to write. Like you have to embody these characteristic traits. Stop imprinting yourself on yeah. the characters. You have to be able to transfer your mindset, transfer their mindset into your head. Mm-hmm. You know, so you you see Superman as this alien who loves Earth because it's all he's ever known. And he knows the loss of a planet and its people. Mm-hmm. You know, that Earth is all he's ever is all he's ever even is all he's ever grown up with. But he knows of the destruction of Krypton and how an entire people were sacrificed. So he's trying to prevent that. He leads with empathy in his heart. On the other side, you have Batman who saw his parents gunned down in front of him. And so his heart gets cold. He keeps his and his friends close, but his enemies even closer. You know, mm-hmm. like there's nothing he wouldn't do to protect another kid from losing their parents. Then you have Aquaman, royalty, king of the seas. He has to think about three quarters of the earth because it's all water and whatever is water is his domain. Can you imagine Aquaman standing above you as you take a bath? This is mine. human. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> Coming to collect the rain. Yeah, this is mine. And then just like carrying the water out. But you, you see what I'm getting yeah. at? Like when, when you personify these characters, Grant Morrison does it masterfully. Yeah. So, you know, I think his, I think his justice league run is probably the pinnacle of all Justice League books, even team books. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I loved about him was the attention, the detail to the world and the atmosphere. I, we are, we talked about this in the chat, but like there was this one, and I, I think this stuff when I read it now is like really cool. But he right. was doing this like almost twenty years ago, or 30. 20, 30 years ago. Yeah, and uh, it was whenever uh, Kyle Rayner was in space, and in the uh, in the text uh, is saying that how he was uh, his armor was. Uh, deflecting micrometeorites, uh, you know, going mm-hmm. through space. Like, it, no one would be thinking about that, but just like the slight mention of it just like kind of brings you a little bit closer into the world. Right. Building. Yeah. No, that's, it was, I think that stuff pulls you back in yeah. to the story. Cause you know, sometimes you read a story and you're reading like, you know, you're on the fourth issue or the third issue. Um, and you're kind of just like, okay, I just want to see the action. or I just want to see the characters. And you forget to like, think about what's going on in the story. And those little things were like, Oh, that's cool. Like, yeah, that's a good point. You get pulled into, you know, coming back into the story. Okay. Let me see if there's something like that on the next panel. Then you're back to paying attention to every detail of the story instead of looking for like the cool stuff or the stuff that you're most interested in. So it's a really sure. fantastic book, man. The first four issues were were well. Re- I mean, you're talking like we're we've already done everything. What do you mean? There's not there there. You're not even touching on the twist. Yeah, of the hyper clan. Hit me, Joey. You read the volume, right? I skimmed it, motherfucker. How do we uh, to quote you? How do we do this episode? <laughs> 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 Look, don't use my own words against me. <laughs> we pretend I'm, t- I'm new. Yeah, you we, act brand we new. We Danny's hit, what did I say? We hit you with uh, a oh, topic, yeah, we and you, you topic. act totally brand new, and then we just roast you. Okay. And you're succeeding. <laughs> so in the middle of the... the so the Hyper Clan... 
they turn against the Justice League because the Justice League are a threat to whatever plans they have for Earth. Right. And guys, spoilers. But this, again, yeah. almost a 30-year-old right. book. Go you can it. go out and find it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because we didn't mention they didn't come to, like, at initially, like, fight the Justice League. To yeah. Earth. They came to, like, benefit the people of the Earth, people in of, quotes. Right, right, right. Um, but they realize that the Justice League, whatever to get to their ends, a means to their end, yeah. the Justice League were going to stand in their way. So they needed to take them out mm-hmm. one by one by one. And they managed to do that. They uh, weakened the Martian manhunter. Dude, they like what, they like washed Wonder Woman first, right? Yeah. Like that was like the first, out. they just like took her out. Like, no. They took her out. Uh, they got the manhunter out. They salted or made Aquaman hydrophobic or something. Like, scared of water. And he needs water. You know, uh, somehow crippled the Flash and Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. You know, just took him off the playing board. Uh, managed <laughs> to get Red Kryptonite around Superman. Uh, Red Kryptonite or the Red Sun? No, Red mm-hmm. Kryptonite and then the Red yeah. Sun where they depowered him. And the best, they were like, Batman dies in a fiery, his jet explodes. You know, and I think this is at the end of episode two, episode issue two. Yeah. And they're talking about, oh, Batman's dead, blah, 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 blah. And uh, they're communicating two of the, the what you call it? Is it Prodex? Not Proteus, but Prodex. Prodex, yeah, 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 yeah. Golden dude. The golden dude. He's talking to one of the other HyperClan members. And they're like, yeah, the, the plane is down. It's fully engulfed in flames. I'm like, well, is there a body? Well, I don't know. <laughs> and Superman's overhearing this. And he's being depowered by red sunlight. And he just smiles. It's like, what are you smiling about? We've debated your entire Justice League. He's like, no, you haven't. And then the next thing you see, I think, in the opening of the next issue is that one member of the Hyper Clan has his ass handed to him. He gets straight folded, bro. And like, out of out of Die Hard, <laughs> out of Die Hard, they find him, like the rest of the Hyper Clan oh, yeah. finds him. He's like... I know your secret. <laughs> it's written, written on, on, on his it. shirt, yeah. bro. It was Batman. He wrote like with a mar- magic marker or something. I know your secret, bro. <laughs> bro that's cold, dude. Straight hold him to the rest of his clan. Dang. And so then, uh, I guess they're in their close to their ship or something, uh, building where they're holding Superman and the rest of Justice League hostage. Batman's making his moves, but he's in the shadows. So you don't really see him until this moment where the leader of the hyper clan sends like three others out to find Batman, you know, they know he's in the building. Um, and they're like searching rooms and everything, walking through. And one of them was like, what's that smell? It's, it's very familiar. And Batman starts talking like oh, in the shadows yes. and everything. Like I, I, yes. I figured your secret out. Yes. And they're like, come on out, Batman. You know, you can't beat us. Yeah. We're going to we're going to oh, yes. kill you. Oh, this is we're going to now. kill you and then we're going to destroy the Justice League and then we're going to subject your world <laughs> to our rule. You know like they're yeah. throwing out all these threats and the whole time this like third member of the Hyperclan uh-huh. is like what is that smell? I can't figure I know yeah. it's familiar but I can't figure it out. And then all of a sudden you see a panel with Batman and he's like, "All right guys, you've got me right here. Let's go." He's like, oh, wait, before we go, strikes a match, throws it on the ground, 
And that smell just happened to be gasoline, mm-hmm. which lights a ring around those three Hyper Clan members. And then you see Batman crack his knuckles. He's like, oh, now we can go. Because it turns out that the Hyper Clan are. Oh! What is it? They're Martians. They're Martians. Yeah. Yes, I forgot. Dude, right? oh, and shit. all Martians have a weakness against fire. Yep. And so Batman. Go uh, proceeds to just clean house, just straight up washing these fools left and right, and it's it's just amazing. It's Dude, a great moment so like that. Good. Yes, that set this this whole this whole vo- first volume sets up like people think Grant Morrison made Bat God, the mm-hmm. Bat God, Batman, whatever. But he recently did an interview where he just said, "Look, I just took everything that everyone had ever written about him." from before mm-hmm. and came to the conclusion that of course he's going to be the most prepared. Of course he's going to be, you know, the most dangerous. Of course right. he's going to be strategically superior. Right. Cause look at what he's done. He's a detective on par with Sherlock Holmes. So he's super smart. Mm-hmm. He's supposed to know all these different martial, martial arts. arts. You know, he, he does this, he does that. He saved the world multiple he's times. From scientists, like, yeah. How am I not supposed to write right. him? Off of what's come before. So, yeah. I mean, and that ep- that issue, uh, Batman, like I said, washes those three HyperClan members. He manages to free the Justice League. And then they manage to turn the tide, figuring out that they were white Martians this whole time trying to invade Earth. Because apparently there's an entire populace of white Martians trapped in something similar to the negative zone that they were planning to open on Earth. Wipe out all humanity and uh, reestablish a Mars, a Mars. colony mm. on Earth. Damn. I remember in the, now I need to hurry up and read the rest. Because I remember at the end of the fourth issue, there was a guy that uh, we learned that was a white Martian that kind of cascaded as a firefighter. Yeah, like he that. kind of escaped. Yeah. Because, yeah, at the end when they had captured all of the hyper clan, except for yeah. one, uh, the Manhunter kind of wiped their memories as well so that they wouldn't. Remember being white Martians, they were just, you know, and then kind of set free into the world, which comes back later. It does come back later in Grant Morrison's run. So, I mean, that's for a future episode, but still, like, that whole twist and everything, like, you're just thinking, oh, it's just bad, bad superheroes, you know? No, there was a whole reason. There was a disguise and everything. There was reasoning for them to make a big splash as the next mm-hmm. great generation of heroes and whatnot. There was reasoning for them to wipe out or attempt to wipe out the justice league, just remove them from the table. Um, you know, you, you, it was just brilliant. And especially in 97, you hadn't seen anything like that just yet. Yeah. So. Because everybody was, you know, stuck into the whole like image craze of just new, New stuff, not necessarily maybe characters being reinvented or new stories. Splash or, pages, yeah, splash pages. All so, comics were splash pages. So when this book came out, what were it, like? What was it going up against from uh, opposing uh, publishers? In ninety seven, yeah. Were there any Hot Avengers books at all at that time, or any other like, Team X Men books or anything? Oh, uh, you know what? Onslaught might have been oh. happening at the time. Yes, and that would have been Heroes Reborn and the. I think all, yeah, because that was all like with the legacy virus, right? Like all yeah. the X Men uncanny run. Yeah. I think like the legacy virus. So the X Men had kind of taken over because mm-hmm. the Avengers and Fantastic Four weren't selling right. well. Any kind of related Avenger, like non X Men title, 
outside of Spider-Man was kind of garbage at the time. Because, like, what well, we just talked, well, the other news, but, like, the jackets. Avengers were doing yeah. the whole, yeah. I don't know what they were, fighting the mole people and mole man. Like, what? <laughs> like, there was one down. book, there was one book, and it was the Mark Wade, Ron Garney, Captain America. Mm. They had just reinvented Cap. Yes. He had come back so strong. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen the imagery of Captain American armor. Uh, whenever oh, he was like disabled yeah. or something like yeah. that. Tony yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 He had the like football face man. Yeah. Really yeah. Looked like the NFL pro. <laughs> NFL super pro. <laughs> super pro. Yeah. NFL super pro. Yeah. So that was, that was garbage. But yeah. Mark Wade got on the book after that, after that story. He and Ron Garney, and they completely reinvented Captain America. Dude, and yes. It was starting to sell so well, but they had already reached a decision mm-hmm. at Marvel to do the Heroes Reborn stuff. Yeah. Uh, so if you weren't an X-Man or X-Man adjacent book or Spider-Man, Spider-Man's safe all the time. Yeah. From the, except for clones. Mm. Clones. So. Hey, it's cloned happens. up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what was going on over at Marvel. I don't know. I don't remember... If Image was, they had a couple of good books going, but I don't think they were really the threat because I think yeah, they were dying down. It was, it, yeah, there was stuff like, um, what was uh, Strowman? Like Backlash. And, Backlash. Uh, and they had they were trying to push kind of like diversity too. Like you had Strowman's book. Uh, what's it called? Um, shit. You still had like Wildcats, yeah. but it didn't have Jim Lee. It had a young Travis Charest yeah. on it. And that was like amazing. Oh, Tribe. 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 Yeah. Tri- yes, Wetworks. Wetworks. Tribe. Wetworks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cyberforce. Yeah. Cyberforce. And they were selling well enough, so they weren't doing a they lot tra- of. Yeah, they weren't trying to like push the boundaries or anything. They weren't. The yeah, they didn't need to do big crossover events just yet. I think maybe the Sigma book, whatever that was, it like looped throughout in and out of uh, mm-hmm. Wildstorm. And yeah. Image comics. And they would do kind of fun stuff like Spawn and Batman or whatever yeah. kind of crossover stuff, you know. So compared to everything that was out at the time, uh, how would you say that this book fared against everything else? I think it fared pretty like, well. Was mm-hmm. it doing well in sales? Was it like, I, well? So because well it was issue one, right? You've got to remember, anytime a first issue hits the stands, it's going to sell well. Mm-hmm. But then you add into the equation Grant Morrison writing, and people were excited about that. Uh, along with Howard Porter, who seemed to be a new age Jim Lee of sorts, kind of yeah. Uh, he had a he had a a kind of blockier style, but he still used the kind of shiny cross hatching that had become popular at the time. Um, and it was the artwork was exciting. Uh, it was on par with anything else on the shelf at that time. It was very eye catching. Like you can, you can look at the cover of issue one. Mm-hmm. And, you know the way the Justice League are gathered, and you're like, oh, that looks exciting. You know, um, in the '90s too, they were kind of doing like new color stuff too. I felt yeah, like yeah, they know? had introduced like, digital color. Yeah, like it would become comp- uh, uh, company business wide. Mm-hmm. Like comics wide, they just uh, digital coloring. They had started bringing in. Max and PCs and Photoshop. Everybody had Photoshop and was able to do blends and everything. And so, mm-hmm. you know, uh, back then, what was it? 256 million colors or something. Now it's like almost infinite. Infinite. Yeah. You just get a 
a color mixer. Yeah. <coughs> Bless you. Damn. But so, yeah, all that kind of tied in. Not that it wasn't, the story wasn't good on its own, but just as far as like in the public, you know, I with new stuff coming out that was like independent and these being like classic characters being reinvented and stuff. I mean. Yeah. And this had been uh, the first time in at least a mm -hmm. decade where they had had the big seven together. So that was another thing because this run essentially ended the Justice League International which had like Blue Beetle and Booster Gold. It was the Bwahaha era of Justice League. The what? I said it. I did not stutter. Bwahaha. <laughs> because <laughs> it had Keith Giffen and, uh, oh, man, I can't remember the artist. But. Were they just like adding every character in the roster of the DC universe? No. To, it no. had like Fire and Ice, mm -hmm. Batman, Dr. Fate, Shazam, a Red Rocket, one of the Russian armored kind of uh, patrolman, Blue Beetle and Booster Gold, Mr. Miracle and Big Barda, mm -hmm. and Guy Gardner, Green Lantern, and the Martian Manhunter. Yes. Yeah. And Black Canary. And and it had grown. They had added Mr. Miracle and Big Barda as the story went on. They had added Dr. Fate, or Dr. Fate might have been the replacement of, for Magic for Shazam, or Shazam, yeah. or vice versa, something like that. But the way Which they like, wrote it, yeah. The way um, they wrote it was very comical. Mm -hmm. If you go back and look at it, it's, it's it it that read that read like a Marvel movie is now. Damn. So like a lot of slapstick comedy or what? I mean, it's just jokes in there. They're just jokes. They're momentary, like situational, almost like a half sitcom, half action. Adventure. Have you ever watched the Brave and the Bold Batman? Yeah. Kind of like that? that vibe, yeah. Like it's real serious and like there's action and stuff, but also Batman's like. Whoa. So that was the the Justice League that was previous to the big the, the big, big Seven Return mm -hmm. of Damn. Grant Morrison. That's yeah, a flip script. Well, well it they was, had they had like well, didn't they have like they had Justice League Europe too, right? And it was an offshoot of that. Yeah, they had Justice. So <laughs> they had Justice League Antarctica. Yeah. Which is almost <laughs> like your Great Lakes Avengers because it was it was a bunch of like cast off yeah. Justice League members. I don't look. I don't remember. I don't even remember I, Antarctica. I don't even remember Antarctica. I need to know about this <laughs> right now. So Joey can love that Justice he looks, League. He's on his phone, but he literally has a laptop that he could type in much faster. Oh, I'm dead. My thumbs are quicker I'm than dead. my whole hands, man. I'm sorry. Uh, but yeah. 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 The seven. Who the hell is Big Sir? Exactly. Big See? Sir, Clot King. I know him. The Clue Master. Nort, the Green Lantern guy? Yeah. Major oh. Disaster. Yeah. Mighty Bruce, Multi-Man, and the Scarlet Skier. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, that's your Great Lakes Avengers right that's there, That's your bro. Great Lakes Avengers. Who wins? Find out on the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh. So yeah, but the Bwahaha, because yeah. it was laughter. That yeah. it was that was the nickname for it. That had gone on for at least five or six years. It launched Adam Hughes's career or helped to launch Adam Hughes's career because I know he had been doing stuff before, but he really uh, found his groove in that book, doing covers and then interiors, um, and then moving on to other stuff. But then once they canceled it and brought in. Grant Morrison, Grant Morrison was like, look, 
you have this book, you have this team book, and you're not using any of your heaviest hitters. Let's let's use your heavy hitters. I want Superman. I want Wonder Woman. I want Batman. I want Green Lantern. I want the Flash. I want the Manhunter. I want Aquaman. Did he approached DC and did that, or I think it was a mutual approach. Okay, I think he had the idea, and DC was like, "All right, whatever, yeah, let's do this." Yeah, man. So, how do you think uh, these uh, Grant Morrison's both the run and these first four issues? How do you think they fare against the the entirety of Justice League books out there right now? Do you think it still holds its own weight? Do you think it's you'd still consider it essential reading? I consider it essential reading, and I think it's better than some of the books that have gone on right now. Because Agreed. look at how many times. Yeah, look at how many times in just the last three or four years that Justice League has faced imminent destruction of the entire universe. And like Grant Morrison, Grant Morrison yeah. did it each volume with ease and these guys they've got to really go oh the the entire universe is collapsing like every everything every time every story look at look at what's currently happening with right. dark crisis yeah like everything has to be like the whole universe is going to be wiped out not just an imminent like threat that can be kind of stretched he set the bar yeah. so high and and the thing is like yeah he set the bar that high for himself you don't have to try and match that energy because if you are then you're always always gonna go for universe destruction instead of just world threatening yeah or even even just threatening a small pocket of the planet you know it's always got to be the goddamn universe and it and it gets exhausting at times yeah no really it's just so this is really cool that uh you know you can go to a a self-contained story uh, and then like, there's really cool twist in it, and you have uh, the characters all able to give themselves like really cool moments, like Batman and the Ring of Fire, you know, and uh, Green Lantern, uh, you know, uh, saying that he's oh. along. And what happened? No, like you're saying, every everybody had their moments. There was a moment where Electric Blue Superman moved oh, the fucking moon. Bro. Yes, I'm telling. Look, that's just another read, thing. Just dude. read, just read the books. That's read another the thing. Books. Too, Did Grant got- Morrison do Red and Blue? He did blue. Him? Yeah, he did no. blue. Which and then um that happened in the Superman books, but yeah, right. because it was a company wide thing, edict that Superman blue is a thing. There's no regular Superman. You have to use Superman blue Man. or Electric Superman. And yeah. Grant Morrison said, "Bet." Yeah, that's tight. That's so cool. Man. Yeah, so I got four issues down. I actually probably got to reread those four issues, and then so I got 120 some issues to go. Since you skimmed, yeah. since you skimmed, yeah. you have to read, not reread. You, <laughs> you have, have to read. read. I will fucking read. <laughs> yeah, we got stuff like Blue Superman. That was like really crazy. Electric Blue Electric. I thought that was cool, especially with the side note, the, the return of the like the reveal of the new Superman suits or super suits, whatever. And John Kent has a little callback to the Electric Blue. It's really cool. And it's time for a break. Yeah. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. 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 Break time. Yep. Welcome to One Star Rewind, a new podcast about those dreaded one-star reviews that every business owner hates to receive, but yet every customer loves to read. During this podcast... We will peel back that one-star review to better understand how it happened, when it happened, 
and what the business owner is doing after receiving that one-star review. This podcast will be about love, hate, and laughter. On One Star Rewind, we will meet with real business owners who will tell their stories and how they do rely on reviews for their business. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or download us at roguemedianetwork.com. Please subscribe, but only rate and review for not a one-star review. Join us each time for a new review and a new story. fantastic new podcast to tell you about bros foes and heroes it's the two of us looking into the world of comics breaking down some characters that you may have never heard of and some that are just absolutely ridiculous yeah so zach comes up with a character each time and uh, i go into it just completely blind i don't know who this person is or what their abilities are or anything and and basically i guess we kind of go over their origin story and just some of the ridiculous stuff that maybe, especially Golden Age stuff. Oh, Golden yeah. Age stuff is always the best. And we will make sure to highlight all of the shenanigans and just absolute weirdness yeah. of everything. Yeah, that's right. So subscribe today and uh, follow us on Instagram at Bros Bros Heroes. And if you don't, I know where you live. Not really, but please subscribe. <laughs> bros and Bros and Heroes. Gonna tell you about Welcome back to the Long Box Podcast. Before we get back to the episode, I want to give you guys a shout out to the LaSalle shops. If you guys are in the Waco area and you're looking for collectibles, uh, there's over 200 vendors to go from and choose. So make sure you head on over to the LaSalle shops. You can take a look at everything and you're going to find something you want to take home. Yeah. Uh, back to the episode. Uh, we have before uh, we wrap up. Yeah, I wrap up. Yeah. This, is our, this is our final oh, segment. God. Yeah, I was about to start a whole another thing. Yeah, I know. Dang, two hundred. I see. I see the. I see the excitement in your eyes. Yeah. I'm like, shit, I got to shut this down. <laughs> shut it down. <laughs> I feel like a like a little kid with a leash backpack on with you sometimes. Yeah. Mm. Damn it. <laughs> One of those leash kids. Yeah. yeah. Oh fuck, I'm a leash kid. Leash kid. Well, right. What do you want your backpack to be? A monkey or a cat? A kitty cat? Kitty yeah. cat. A puppy? <laughs> puppy. No, uh, like a slinky dog nope. from. Uh, We're out. We're out. <laughs> Toy Story. Bet. All right. So, you're liking you're liking the Grant Morrison JLA. Man, I, I should have read it a lot earlier. I feel yeah. Like, I feel like if I would have read that book and studied that book. I would have learned more. Not saying that you know this, the learn learn to write yeah. comic books aren't good. Uh, you know some of them are really good. But if I were to just studied more works like that, mm-hmm. more uh, character driven right. uh, books, yeah. and more books that you know create like, bring you into the world that's there. You know that uses the words to really shape what's going on. Uh, if I would have studied that, I felt like uh, I wouldn't beat myself up so much whenever I, I write my scripts. Yeah. Um, it makes sense. I can see that. So but it's I, like Danny said earlier. I think a lot of times with you, it's like you want a, your own, um, per, you know, 
perception of stuff, like how you see things, how you want things to play out. You gravitate to those kind of stories, which is like what you like instead of like maybe, you know, what you what you might need to be reading or what you might actually like. That's something out of your ballpark, you know, like I noticed uh, like I set the bar really high for myself and Mm -hmm. uh, I I need to allow myself to. Uh, you know, uh, find the way that I like to write. Cause I feel like Grant Morrison, whenever he did this, like Danny said, he, like, he was given the job. He's like, all right, cool. This is mine. Let's go. And like, I want these characters. This is what's going to happen. I don't need to bring the universe down. You know, let's just go. And, and it kind of, man, you kind of, your age thing is kind of a thing too. Cause like you kind of got introduced into comics, even though you were still like kind of in the early two thousands or whatever. And you could go back to the nineties, like too much new stuff was coming out. Like too many, and then all stuff like variants and things that are being put into the mix of just actually just going and just reading what's there because that's what you like to do is read comics, not collecting, not oh that's my favorite character, I, my favorite. You yeah, know. I I I will uh, counter counter that because I got lucky. I got lucky. My mom and my uncle both collected and read comics mm-hmm. when they were kids. Yeah, my uncle had a Daredevil number one. Dang. He had an he had an amazing fantasy number fifteen. Yeah, had he had all these uh, Kurt Swan Supermans from the fifties and sixties. That's awesome. He had all these uh, Batman from the fifties and sixties. Yeah, all the way up to the seventies. He had the original run of X Men. Yeah, from like issue four to issue seventy seven, where it went from. Jack Kirby to all the way to Neil Adams. And I was able to go through and they were all in his garage. I was able to go through and just pick and choose and read at my, he had Avengers runs. He had the introduction of Ultron, the Mm -hmm. vision, yellow jacket, giant man, all the iterations of Hank Pym. Mm, He had when Captain America was found in the ice. Dude. Like I got to read these individual stories at my own pace. I didn't yeah. have, like check them out. I didn't have to read them in like backup copies yeah, or anything like that. Yeah. So I could digest the information That's very true. at at my own pace at whatever age I was. I think mm-hmm. it was about 10 or 11. And that really informed going forward. And like Mondo was saying in the 2000s, when you had variants and you had mm-hmm. like image and everything was a splash page, everything was just super action. It was over the top action. Yeah. Grant Morrison is that throwback to just classic storytelling. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, he just got in there and told a great story. He didn't have to end the universe. Not everything was uh, a threat to the entire universe. If he mm-hmm. used Darkseid, there was a reason why he used Darkseid. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes, and the Justice League, sometimes the greatest enemy was themselves. And you'll see that going forward. Like, he, he does conflict so well you're gonna pick up on so much of that going yeah. forward i know it man i'm excited yeah so so here we are at the end of the episode do you guys have any shout outs to give mondo uh my wife as usual my kids you guys holding it down everybody who keeps coming to our things to supporting us and stuff and buying commissions and things like that and getting books and stuff and signatures we're still kind of hot, man. People are kind of still kind of asking us about the first the first book, so that's pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to my wife, uh, keeping me alive. I just started eating <laughs> like regularly. Like, no, you guys don't understand. 
You see how much weight I've lost. Yeah, I saw it, the thing, man. When we went, I was telling Christine, I was like, dude, is Danny okay? Like, he's just like, just When you said that, I imagine like Pepper Potts with her hand inside Tony Stark, just like making sure he's good. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Like, but that's good, man. It's just been, yeah, like I've been fighting, I think an infection or something. Mm-hmm. The last, like I'm getting over it starting last week. I'm getting over it and I just couldn't eat stuff. Like it made me sick. Damn. So, that's crazy. But shout out to her. Shout out to my doctors. I don't know. They know what's going on, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> They're just telling me. Uh, shout out to you guys. Uh, keeping this thing going. Shout out to Mason. New guy. Hey. hey he's got up? us. He's got us in the booth handling it. So. Hell yeah. You know, and shout out to Rogue Media. That's so. right. Uh, shout out to my wife. Uh, we just had uh, our, we spent her birthday out in Colorado. We spent a week out there with her family. Uh, it's pretty fun. It's really awesome. Uh, my first time going there as like a tourist gone there for many years for skating but i've never actually had the time to well, skid man out, and it was really cool to go. I'm, I'm happy for you dude you're kind of always on the go and doing things it's I good know, to take man, a break and enjoy your family and stuff yeah. break did not last long as soon as i fucking touch back and wake up with the stress just like well, jump right back that's on how it goes but that's all right shout yeah. out to uh shout out to my wife shout out to you guys uh, shout out to mason for getting this set up uh and uh, shout out to all the listeners here man um we'll get you at the next episode all right all right peace, peace. see you be sure to hit the like button, subscribe, and tune in every other week to see what we have to say. Um, you can find us on social media. You can find Joey at Joey Gonzalez. Um, you can find me at Armando Ramirez underscore art. And you can find Danny at Imaginary Heroics. And you can find Plus Waco Comics on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Plus Waco Comics. Excelsior. <laughs> Sweet Christmas. Sweet Christmas. <laughs> Throw a couple of them in there. Curse you, Richards. I don't know. <laughs>